to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City with the Justin McGuire. Joseph, how are you, buddy? I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm good. I'm you know, good. It's, it's funny. Uh, we were going to go live about 10 minutes ago, and uh, we just got into, like, the best conversation. I'm not going to share any of it on the show today. I'm no, telling you. I'm to, not... I told you, subscribers. They got to go subscribe to us, pay-per-view. That's for pay-per-view. I'm oh. telling you, I'm going to I'm gonna get this set up where uh, people will get a chance to hear the the fighting argument rants that we have. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes our pregame is better than our actual show. That's not good. Why would you say that? Well, because it's true. Because no, it's all script sometimes, and we just go at each other. We all three guys we're are going right now, though. We're yeah. going right now. But we have to be more I know. We got to be professional because we're on in front of a million viewers. I Trev know. can't go Trev. Joe can't go Trev. 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 Can't Trev. keep just doing that. All right. So we were going to start off with Big Blue because that's the performance they showed, a Big Blue terrible performance. But something happened last night. Something changed. Thank you, Jace. I appreciate that. Something changed last night. There was an instant classic on Monday Night Football between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. And we've been talking about these two teams. And even last week, we started about real and fake. And this was a weekend, a telling weekend for those real teams and those fake teams. And I think we got a pretty clear understanding of where those teams are. I have to say, I put both of these teams in the real category. Even what There's a difference between good losses and bad losses. Miami had a good loss, lost to Kansas City, but they fought their way back. Pittsburgh had a bad loss, and we'll talk about that in a few, in a little while on the show. Talk about that Sunday night game. The Giants had a really bad loss. That's a bad loss. Last night, that was a good loss by the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield, two guys that have faced immense pressure this out throughout this entire season, but for different reasons. Lamar is he going to bounce back? The MVP season, and now this year, what has happened to Lamar? Where is he gone? What's the true Lamar Jackson? And Baker Mayfield. Well, we've been talking about since day one when he got picked number one by John Dorsey. When you're the number one pick, you will always face pressure. But he's been dealing with pressure in the sense of, is he going to get a contract extension? Because you're coming up on that term for the Cleveland Browns. So they got to make a decision. Well, last night, both of these guys came to play, and it was an instant classic. The fans, the crowd was just everything you could have asked for from a Monday night game. Like I said, I wanted to start off with Big Blue because that was just a pitiful pitiful performance but we want to bring positivity and this year has given us so much negativity but it is christmas time we want to give positivity and last night we had positivity what a game by lamar what a game by baker just an overall great afc north class i tell you i was worried though last night not to go negative on this but the field already the, the field last night i ooh, lamar, watching, yeah. watching that in the first half watching the ravens and multiple guys on the browns slip and then seeing multiple injuries last night, I'm wondering, like, I was wondering at the end of this game, is the storyline at this end of the game, which it was at, uh, I believe it was a Jet Stadium, when uh, the guys got hurt. Oh, yeah, it was at MetLife Stadium. I, I was wondering if the storyline was going to be multiple injuries, was the field a concern for the going Well, you saw Lamar was, struggling, <laughs> uh, was, was slipping all well, over early on in the game. Well, multiple guys in the Ravens secondary had pulled groins, he, he hurt Lamar left for, for a while. So, great game. Classic. Everything you would want for the game. Lamar is Lamar. People have to start to understand Lamar is not going to throw the ball for 347 yards like Mahomes and everyone else. That's not his game. He's just going to be the best athlete on the field, and no one's going to be able to stop him. You're going to have to contain him and play fundamental defense. Smart. It's, it, it, I'll say this. If you know anything about option football, everyone has an assignment. That defense end is going to close on the fullback. Linebacker is going to overscrape for the quarterback. Safety or cornerback is going to have the third guy, which is more likely the pitch man. That's when you have to play when you play the Ravens. You know, they have the three backs inside, and you know Lamar's going to run. Someone's got to take the blocking back. Someone's going to take the pitch man. Someone's got to take Lamar. Um, <laughs> listen, there's nothing wrong with the game last night. I, I knew, I, I tweeted it out last night. Once the Ravens, once the Browns scored with a minute and seven seconds left, I knew there was too much time. The Ravens were going to score. And if it even came close to a 60-yard kick, Justin Tucker was going to make it because he is the Michael Jordan of kicking. And when I say that, I mean, if, if he's got the last shot, 
he's going to make it. There was no doubt in my mind that he wasn't going to drill that 55-yard kick. Not a chance. Not a chance in hell. I would have bet everything in the world on that, that he was going to make that Did kick. Because that is the faith that I have in Justin Ticker and the and the Ravens should too. Because the guy is clutch, man. Listen, if anything we've noticed over the football this weekend, we watched Greg Zerline miss three kicks in the extra point last we've week. We've seen that all, the, the whole year. It's been like exactly. that, man. I've watched Koskowski miss kicks and blow money for me. I've watched the game the other day against Tampa Bay and the Vikings. Sorry, Dan Bailey. Wonder why Dallas cut your rear end years ago. Missed three field goals at extra point. That's why the Vikings had no chance to beat Tampa Bay. To have a clutch kicker, and we know this as a Giant fan, when you know your guy can put it right down the middle 10 out of 10 times, not 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 times, that's huge. Classic game, everything you want for. Baker, to me, proved that he is legit. And he can play. That's what I wanted to see. When when the Ravens came back and they were up, to, up 14 and the Browns came back, and then Baker had that fight. It reminded me of the Oklahoma game against Ohio State. It really proved a couple years back in college. It really got Baker into that number one consideration in the Heisman that year. He looked the part. Joe, if you watch that first throw down the sidelines and you said you missed the end of the game, when he hit Donovan's Peoples-Jones along the sidelines, the throw was with confidence, accuracy, fire. The ball was a tight spiral. I'm like, this guy's he's on right now. Joe, do you so you're not going to finish? Oh, I didn't know. I just thought the Browns, their game is running, right? We know that. And there was nine total rushing touchdowns last night. Yeah. Tied their uh, NFL record. Said 1922 one last time. And yeah. One guy had nine Racine touches. versus Louisville. But to see Baker Mayfield be the reason why be the reason why the big Browns didn't lose was a confidence builder for me and the Browns going forward. It showed to me that he can not be their weakest link. Joe, did last night's game change your view on either one of these quarterbacks? And if so, which one would you have said? Because we've talked a lot about these guys throughout this entire season. Yeah. I don't want to be negative, but I'm just you both start off with the word negative. My God. You guys are well, killing you me. Start negative, you finish positive. Well, my positive. My problem with Baker Mayfield is the inconsistency that some throws he's like Robin Hood and he's like, you know, shooting the arrow through the arrow. And other times it's like Stevie Wonder playing darts. Watch out. <laughs> that's that's the you know what I mean? He's I, I mean, look, and, and, and Trevor gets mad when I say this and he's like, well, everybody misses throws. I mean, yeah. dude, there's days where you're like, has he ever played football before? And there's days where you're like, ah, that's why he was the number one pick. That's why he was not like a, a Heisman. I mean, you you see it and then you don't. And and I hate that. I the inconsistency kills me. You see streaks of greatness that in streaks of greatness, it didn't surprise me he lost a big game. I wasn't counting on Baker doing so. On the other hand, regular season heroics from Lamar Jackson. Paint me surprised when we've ever seen that before. Um, so, yeah, no, this was exactly how a little more high scoring. Congratulations on an NFL record nine combined rushing touchdowns. That was pretty dope. Joe, how about but this? This is the first neither, ever. Neither team made me think. 42. Sorry to cut you off, but I wanted to. Neither team made me think that, like, I'm looking at a Super Bowl contender in any way, shape, or form. Really? Baltimore yeah. is Baltimore could be dangerous because I kind of said it with the Cardinals early on when they were six and three and they seemed like they were going in the right direction because of Kyler's legs. I always thought that was the greatest X factor. You can see Lamar Jackson. He's just a different human being when he gets out into space. When he's just doing what he does with Lamar, that's what that's what made Lamar the MVP. Well, okay, you know Tommy. Tommy, D. he always picks the day. He's Tommy. Tommy D. He's a big. You guy. heard it. First, hey, hey, we could only hope. Joe, you gotta see him. He puts on the giant helmet on Sundays. He does like the live. Tommy little... D, we could only hope that the Giants come in and, and beat the. Browns. He might have Jace run for his money on. Uh, but here's my here's, here's my thing about Lamar. When Lamar gets the ball, when Lamar is able to do what Lamar has done best and throughout his whole football career, which yeah. he started in high school and college and the, and pros, winning an MVP last year, there's nobody like him. And I know everybody wants to say, "Well, he's not Mahomes," and so I get that. Nobody's Mahomes, but nobody's Lamar Jackson either. You can't give me another player like Michael Vick. No, Lamar's more explosive. Can I, than can I make a bigger point for you, Trevor? I mean, listen, yeah. when it comes to regular season where it's about winning games, I don't know that there's a guy, a single weapon in the NFL, who's got more ability to make a team win games than Lamar Jackson. Totally agree. I mean, his record is 26 and now 27 and 7 since becoming a full-time starter. It's only Dan Marino. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and someone else I forgot, but he's in good company. So everybody, that, and I've been, I'm a big believer in both these quarterbacks. I love Baker Mayfield just because I know he comes off as 
not your typical franchise quarterback. But you know what? I like his little cockiness, chip on his shoulder attitude. And I love Lamar Jackson. I just love what he can do anytime he has the ball in his hands. He made throws when he needed to, and that was a big thing. A big thing about Baker that we've talked about is inconsistency. He delivered when they needed him to. Lamar delivered. Yes, he did. He delivered with throws. The defense. The defense. I just want to point out that Baker, at his best, doing what he does, they lost. But, you know, he wasn't the, the reason they lost. It wasn't the problem. No, he I, wasn't the problem. No, 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 no. Listen, don't, don't read into my statement. My point is that when Baker's oh, playing wow. at his best, it's because they're in, in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. I I, thought, I expected better from the defense. The game plan was never going to be, well, let's go out there and see if Baker can go for three, 350, 400. Nobody wanted to do that. Well, I mean, That's here's what, what ended up happening. And again, he, Baker could have just as easily yesterday missed every single throw. And yeah. it would have been 47 to 14. Like the first We'd game. be having a whole different conversation. Yeah. He, you got lucky that this was one of those games where he he put it all together. It's just well, so know, inconsistent that it, it makes it hard to put them at the next level, just like it was last year. I will say this though. So we talked about last week. We talked about how we we've been doing a lot of this, but the Browns Giants, right? And we were talking about confidence builder and building off the game. So we saw an outstanding game from Baker Mayfield last week against the Titans. We're like, all right, that's outstanding. How, and we talked about it on the show, I believe. Whenever, it doesn't even matter. We talked, how are they going to perform against the Ravens? Because, okay, it's like the giant game, in which we'll talk about. Can you build off of that win and can you play? I didn't see a, I didn't see a downgrade in Baker. I didn't see a guy that dropped off. I saw a guy, if anything, brought his level up because the Ravens have a much better defense than the Titans. Look it up, it's not even close. Ravens defense is top three. Titans defense is one of the worst defenses in the league. They're worse on third down uh, def- uh, deficiency and everything else, stopping the run pass. They don't have the same type of guys that Baltimore has on defense. So for him to put up 42 points, not only once, but twice when they were down by 14 plus points to come back, showed me a lot. And then Joe, to see Lamar come back out of the, out of the tunnel and with the cramps after Trace McSorley gets hurt, he throws the touchdown pass and you're like, and they get the two point conversion. The first thing you're thinking is, Oh no, here we go. Because I'm, I'm trying to relate it as a giant fan. You're like, Oh no, here we go again. So if you're not saying, Oh no, you're saying, Oh, something else. For Baker Mayfield to get the ball and go right down the field against that Baltimore offense, I'm a defense, excuse me, and not not because of the running game, but because of his arm and his confidence and ability to throw, it showed me more for me personally what I saw from Baker a lot. It showed me that this guy can be the reason why the Browns can win playoff games. It won't just be because of their running game. And if he can continue to build off of this, he's got another huge game on Sunday Night Football this week against the Giants. And we talk about the Giants. The Giants defense, another spotlight game. Giants defense is really good secondary. If the Browns are going to beat the Giants, it's not going to be just because of the running game. It's going to be because Baker Mayfield outplayed the Giants defense because of his arm. That's the reason why they could be a Super Bowl caliber team. Last night, Joe, if you watch it, though, Brown secondary, very poor last night, weak. And I didn't like, they blitzed on fourth and 10 when they had Lamar, when he came back out of the tunnel. And I said to Trevor this morning, I said, if you're going to blitz Lamar, right, I'm going to bring this back to the old man. If you guys all remember the old man again, you used to have a dime coverage and you used to have the double corner blitz. Why wouldn't you send the blitz from the outside and keep Lamar in the pocket exactly. contained exactly. instead of blitzing up the middle? The worst thing you where want to you, do is keep getting him in the space. Where his best ability is to be outside the tackle box and throw because when he started running, go, he's going to run for the first down. And what does everyone do? Is your eyes automatically go to the quarterback because you see run and then the wide receiver slips away. Happened later on a third and 10 when Mark Andrews slipped up behind the secondary yeah, 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 because yeah. everyone's looking at Lamar running and he throws the ball deep. It happens all the time. It's, it's just the nature of the ball game. I, it just proved to me overall to finish this whole thing that both quarterbacks, we can't doubt them. We can't. We always want to doubt Lamar because it's like, ah, he's not as good as last year. Okay. Not everyone is good as the previous year. I mean, just because Mickey Mantle had the triple crown, what, is he supposed to be better next year? I mean, it's really hard to play at that level every year. Not every guy can surpass his following great year. Gary Sanchez hasn't played as great as his rookie season. I had to throw that in there. Sorry, Joe. Um, yeah, we don't so, judge guys on that. I love it. Exactly. It's just, yeah, right. Seems so long. <laughs> we we have too. an expectation as fans that every guy that you're just supposed to give it better and better and better. And they're like, but where does it end? Because you know, sometimes there's a drop off. There's injuries. The, the Ravens yeah. have lost both their uh, linemen this year. 
Ronnie Stanley and the other tackle, and then a guy retired, I believe he was Marshall Yonda. So that's a big one. He's a Hall of Famer. Okay, they have dealt with multiple COVID things going on during the season. They have injuries in the secondary. And here's the other thing. Like anything else, like the Wildcat offense, eventually teams understand and can scheme against your offense. You catch teams off the guard. The Ravens caught teams off. Catch them off guard. Catch them off guard last year. So last night, an excellent game, a hell of a fun game to watch as an NFL fan. And we saw a lot. We got to see a lot of telling signs from both the Browns and the Ravens, both two teams that, yes, one of them lost, one of them won, but both seem like winners because it's a good loss for the Cleveland Browns. They can feed off of that. We'll see. Let's shift over, like I said, to now the negative, the bad losses, because we're going to talk about two teams in back-to-back. <laughs> what is that? I'm just pretending I forgot Marshall Yonda. Yeah, what the uh, hell, Ted? Marshall Yonda is a Hall of Famer. Get your crap together. So let's start off. Wait, wait, real quick. I just I see it as Baker not winning a big game that's when fine, he's playing fine. his You're best. And I see I see Lamar doing what Lamar does in the regular season. And I'm I'm excited for that. But again, for me, next for next round, I mean playoffs, I don't see I don't I'm not inspired to think that these two teams are gonna be bringing their A game. I'll put it this way. If the Browns had more time, I feel like Baker would have came right down the field and tied it again. I was almost I was hoping I was ruined for overtime because I I mean the way the game was going, which you didn't have that same expectation at the beginning of the game was whoever had the ball last or whoever had last at bats was gonna win. And that's really what it came down. The Ravens had the the ball late in their hands. And and I knew it and I said it before and I'll repeat it again. When the Browns scored with a minute and seven seconds left with Kareem Hunt's pass, I'm like a catch I'm like, what is going to happen now? Because well, thank you, Kareem Hunt, because now I'm in the fantasy playoffs. Now, who gives a crap? I made it in our league. I just knew that I made it because scores. Kareem got a final touchdown in the final. My God, I wasn't going to. Did you have any doubt in the mind when the Browns scored that the Ravens weren't going to score a field goal? Uh, no, because I knew Lamar was starting well, to hate plays. I mean, I knew Lamar, Lamar was, the way that defense was trying, I couldn't find ways to stop Lamar. I figured it was going to come right down to a Justin Tucker field goal. And Lamar was starting to warm up. He was making his throws. He was doing what Lamar does best. And that's what happens. So an excellent game, a fun, fun Monday night game. Epic. It's an epic, yeah, it was an epic Monday night game for all those offensive fans that to this love. Crowd. But now we have to move over to the bad. Should we say the ugly? I mean, this was good, but then you got to go bad and ugly. I think we should almost put the ugly with the New York Giants because that's what happened this past Sunday. My goodness, all I saw was a team that looked like the one in seven Giants. That's what we saw this week. And, and we're all going to we're gonna go right to the main point. And I talked about this last week on the show. And, Joe, why I said what I said, make sure that Daniel Jones was a million percent. And not a hundred percent, not a thousand, a million percent ready to go. What did we see on Sunday? Daniel Jones wasn't a million percent. And shame on the Giants. And we praise Joe Judge and this coaching staff for a tremendous job of making great decisions, whether it was the coaching staff or switching in the offensive line, making moves throughout the season that we've been applauded, we've been applauding them for. Now you make a decision like this that is a major setback for a team that was really getting into the groove of things and really starting to gel as a cohesive unit all around running the football, the defense becoming an elite defense, and even the special teams, even though it's been up and down this year, started feeling like it was getting better. Now we come into this, and they have a lackluster performance, and it all started from the get-go. Marcus Golden, the former Giant, welcome back. And he made his presence felt, and so did the New Jersey native Hassan Reddick with five, yes, five sacks. They had eight total sacks in the game. It felt like a one in seven New York Giants team all over again. The offensive line played like crap. No running game. The defense was tired because they were on the field all over and over again. This is what we could have said with Seattle. That's why last week was huge for the Giants in the sense of that's what running the football can do. Keep that defense off the field. That defense needed a break. It felt like every other second they were back on the well, field. 37 minutes they were on the field compared to 22 minutes that the Giants were on the field. So Joe Judge has done a tremendous job with making decisions. This was, and you said it, Joe, it was with his gut. Sometimes making it with your gut translates into losses. you got to go with what's best for the team. And plain and simple, the best decision would have been to start Colt McCoy because we saw what Colt McCoy did a week ago. We saw that he can do enough for the Giants to sustain a lead and maintain a victory. 
We could we saw that. So the defense played their game. The running football it worked. So why change anything? I know Daniel Jones is the better option, but you want to make sure that if he is your guy for the future too, you want to make sure he's a million percent. And the Giants really dropped the ball in this. Go ahead, Joey. I know you you had a lot to say about this. If you could, could you read the quote? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Right here, Coach Judd. Uh, just because I I I find this I want everyone to listen to what Teddy says here. This is this is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. I mean, I, I understand it, but I expect nothing less. But this is what he said: "Quote of the day: I have no regrets on playing him. We made a tactical decision based on what we thought he could do as a player." So that's it. That was and said. That was the quote. Judge on playing the obviously not a hundred percent Daniel Jones. A- idiot. Did, did did that quarterback look a hundred percent? Did he look? Not even did he look hold on. Did he look ninety to ninety five percent? No, because he looked, a- he looked about sixty percent. Yeah. You're yeah. you're. I mean, how could you look at the result of this game of your pitiful offensive performance? And I, I'm never. We could spend the next forty five minutes talking about that offensive line that went to garbage again. Yeah, just went back when he needed them most. He needed yeah. them most. That was the way they played. Are you kidding me? And, yeah. and again, right? Look, we talked about what was worst case scenario. I said if this offense or uh, the defense on the field for forty minutes, they weren't going to win. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, and, and, and here's the other thing: special teams. The Giants didn't have a play inside the opposing team's territory until well, it was in the middle of the third quarter. I said Every the, time the Giants had the ball, I was watching it with that. I didn't think they got over midfield in the first half. They until, did. Until, until they did. Okay. They did. I until, just DJ, until DJ hit Golden Tate, that was the first time I felt like, oh, my God. Listen, what the hell happened? Listen, here's the thing. The Giants, right off the bat, you can tell Jando Jones in the first drive was not 100%. You can oh. just tell. So, obviously, you get the sack, the fumble. Giants, great job defensively right off the bat to hold Arizona on fourth and goal. But now here's the thing. You're at the one-yard line. The Giants, like they talk about, you need to get two first downs to change the field position. Never did that. And, Joe, we talked about this on the pre-show. I'll say it and I'll repeat it, and then we can get into it more. What you told your team was that Daniel Jones, and and, and this is what you have a disrespect for Cole McCoy, that a healthy Cole McCoy at 100% was not as good as a 60% Daniel Jones, and you didn't have faith that De- Cole McCoy could do the same thing he did against Seattle. You are like, ah, that was just a lucky bounce. Because that's what it seems to me, right? You got lucky, sure. and and this week we didn't think we were going to be lucky. And the only way to beat Arizona was we needed Daniel Jones. He wasn't healthy. A poor decision for the Giants not to take him out earlier before the game got out of hand. You could tell he wasn't 100. He was flat-footed. First game in his career that he did not have a rushing attempt. So listen. He's not the same runner as Lamar and Murray, but his game, as we've talked about all year, his ability to extend plays and be able to run at times, because at one point he was, and it might still be, the leading rusher for the New York Giants. No, Coleman is. Well, is. But we, for me to even think that, say that last speaks week. volumes yeah. to how much Daniel Jones can run. Okay, even the throw that he did complete on Golden Tate, Golden Tate had I think Bi- he has the fastest rush. Golden Tate had Byron Murphy beat in the slot, and if he's Got full 100% with his legs because if you know anything about quarterback play, all your strength from, is not from your arm. It comes from your legs, okay? Look it up. That's not a, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. His legs, he had no bounce in his legs and his ability to throw the ball deep. That's why that ball was underthrown. That's why Golden Tate had to sit back and wait for that pass. Great catch by Golden Tate. Here's another thing. Chase, you are partially right. The Giants offensive line, the thing that made the Giants great the last four weeks to win those games was the offensive line. No protection and no ability to open up the holes. And let me run the football. I mean, this is Arizona defense. It couldn't stop no one. We couldn't run the football. Had 57 yards rushing, 157 yards total offense, 22 minutes of time possession. We went backwards. We went back to 1940s. We looked like a team that should be competing for the top third pick. No, we, look, the, we went back four weeks Same ago. as the Jaguars and same as the Jets. That's how bad we played. We I went- didn't want to watch the game. They were they – were, they were a sad team. I felt the Giants defense was trying as hard as they could. But at the end of the day, it's a bend, bend, but they end up breaking. The dam had too much water and it overflowed. Plain and simple. You can only play so well so many times and be back into the corner until eventually the 10 guys beating you up eventually beat you up. You can only defend yourself so long. And that's what happened. And, and, and Joe, and I'll, and I'll end it on this. 
you know, what hurt me too was where was the pass rush? Where was the where was the rush that I saw against Russell Wilson that I didn't see against Kyler Murray? The game plan should have never changed. Should have been the same game plan against Russell Wilson that it was against Kyler Murray. And I didn't see it. I thought it was a little conservative by Graham. Maybe that was the game plan. They're like, hey, we'll sit back. We'll keep it more contained. Maybe more respect. And it, I don't know. Maybe more the respect. It just, I don't know. The whole game plan in itself didn't work. And we know that because they're their asses got kicked on the football field and they had no chance from the first play of the game to the end of the game. They had no chance. I almost no. other than that, maybe that first drive where they stopped them on the fourth and goal. And I was like, okay, that's the only hope I have for the giants. There was still another 55 minutes left in the game. That's just how the Sunday played out for the giants. That's just how it played out. Everything went against them. Yeah. Even how about this? Even the turnovers when Kenyon Drake fumbled multiple times on the same drive and they recovered her last week. The Giants got those fumbles. That's what I was saying. How about the guy you from do, Arizona? Kicked do, us. Kicked us on the Yeah, even the kick. Yeah. I mean, oh no, my that, God, I watched my mind on that. That wasn't a kicking penalty. That's not a kicking penalty. I, I guess not. That's not a kicking penalty, I guess. No, I, it's I a kick. It, it is. That should have been an illegal kick, but you have to call it. And you can't review an illegal kick. It's not uh, a penalty that you can review. The other thing is, is even if it wasn't an illegal kick, to put your foot out in order to tackle a, 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 a player is a, that's tripping. That's tripping. That also two penalties literally on the same play, resulting so I, in a turnover. So I had never seen anything like that. Me neither. I, I, I couldn't believe it, but I know that what I knew it wasn't right. I knew he couldn't do that. It wasn't intentional, but that's in the rule book too. If I'm not mistaken, uh, your intentions don't matter. You putting your foot on the ball, and again, you sticking your foot out to take somebody down. Uh, those are both uh, things that are penalized. Now, you 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 sort you you kind of hit it both, you guys. The the message I took from this, and and especially this must be coming off the win, uh, the the game last week with the Rams and the Cardinals, that Joe Judge said to himself, "We're not keeping this team under 17 points." He didn't have faith in the defense that he's literally dumped on and relied on all year. And then for them to, to, to play the defense that they did and to sort of absorb that, oh, I mean, literally, you couldn't have played any more into Arizona's hands with the way that you played both sides of the ball, let alone this garbage special teams that we've had the last three weeks. I don't know if he's gotten so focused on talking to the media because they're on a winning streak and he maybe forgot to start coaching those guys again, but special teams has been a joke. Again, the idea that you didn't think Colt McCoy could score 17 points should tell you a lot more about Jason Garrett than it does about anybody else. Jason Garrett is still way too conservative. He still doesn't call good plays. I mean, everything the Giants needed to do, they didn't. And everything that they needed to prevent, they didn't. And they put themselves in a position to lose this football game. And the worst part is this could have been like 44 to 7 yeah. if you really yeah. think about it. Yeah. You know what? It just kills me that the Giants, you watch them in the first half. I knew the game was over. And people are like, well, what do you mean? I just, listen, I know enough about, I, yeah. I'm not just speaking because I'm like an opinionated kid that just thinks he watches football and knows about football. You're I know it for them to win. I watched the game. They were so poor on offense and overmatch. I mean, listen, I watched a part of the Jets game. That's what I felt like when I was watching the Giants. Joe, it was it was so, it was almost like you were in a bad dream and you couldn't wake up from it. You ever been in a bad dream where you're like, wake up and wake up and you wake up and then you like you still feel like you're in the dream? That's what it felt like in the Giants. And maybe I'll use the other thing, quicksand. You're in quicksand. And the harder you try to get out of quicksand, the farther you fall deeper into the hole. And the Giants just couldn't get out of the hole. We talked about this before. They don't have a number one receiver. Okay? We know that. They it's could become they, evidently, they, evidently they, clear. They create yes. the least amount of separation I see in receivers in all the league. The only team I think that's worse is maybe Baltimore. And we know that. That's why Baltimore can't throw the ball. Thank God for Daniel Jones having the ability to throw the ball much better than Lamar, accuracy-wise. Evan Ingram? non-existence this weekend don't know why don't understand we know what type of playmaker he can be for this team that's why i question some of these things and that's why joe you told me last week why i'm so hard on the giants you're like i need to prove it to me before i can jump on the bandwagon and i'm a true giant fan through and through you turn around this camera look at all the damn giants collectibles and things i have giant fan forever and always will be and never regrets 
but I'm a guy that you got to prove it to me. I need to see consistency. I need to see it over and over because I've seen this ball game before. I've seen this story and how it ends. It's the same thing as Hallmark. You know how it starts. You know how the middle ground goes, and you know how the movie's going to end with the girl kissing the guy at the end of the movie. You know the Giants are going to do this to you. So to me, this is what I'm going to say, and I'll ask and I'll answer Alexander's question. Who do you think is winning the NFC East? I don't know. It's between the Giants and Washington. If the Giants lose the Browns this week, they will not make the playoffs. The season's over. Plain and simple. Washington, Washington is the better team right now, the way they're playing. But your biggest question is, can Dwayne Haskins not screw it up? Plain and simple. Because if they're tied, the Giants have the the, the advantage. So shall we get into this conversation? We don't need to get into the conversation. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, kidding I'm just answering the question. Around. Right now, if you ask me, I would pick Washington to win it because they are playing better football than the Giants. But you know what? I could watch the Giants beat the Browns on Sunday Night Football and be like, Ted, you're an idiot. And and the Giants played much better that's and what, they came back. That's why I'm going to let the NFC just play itself out because I'm not picking anybody. That's what it's going to come down to. Oh, it's going to come down to the 17 year, because, yeah. because both teams, the Giants play the Cowboys. And Washington plays Philly. It's going to play itself out. I'm not answering this question anymore until the, until the season's until we get to postseason. That's it. October October 13th of 2014, the Victor Cruz game. The Giants went out. We're on a three-game winning streak. The game Victor Cruz blew out his knee oh, against Philly. Game. Did you you went to that game? I was yeah. I was at the link. I was literally yeah. there. Um, in in a luxury suite with cheerleaders. It was it was a good time, but. Um, that was the Giants' most putrid offensive performance in their team history. It, the, I mean, they had, I think, 21 yards of offense in the first half. Never yeah. got past midfield. Yep. It was a pathetic, pathetic performance. I felt like and that. And so, Teddy, when you said that, that I had that sort of same helpless feeling, only I wasn't surrounded by Eagles cheerleaders to comfort me. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have needed was, a lot more booze. Yeah, it was. I mean, the the the, the sacks, uh, just the, the way this team played. I, I mean, I was puzzled from the start by literally everything the Giants did for him to st- to to literally face the media and say that he stands by it. No, say, look, I went with my gut, and I was, I'm an, I'm an idiot. And look, there, I, I'll tell you too. I don't think that Johnny Manziel Jr., Baker Mayfield, as you will. I don't think he's going to lose on prime time to the Giants. I don't think it's going to happen. I hate to say it. I don't think there's any way. He's going to be starting quarterback. We know that. Right. There's no way the Browns aren't beating the Giants. I I mean, I think to me this game, and I kind of been saying it the last five or six weeks, I think it's effectively over. Whether look, Washington sucks. I get that. The Giants might still win the division. Let's just say that. But they all won this week except for the At this point, if the Giants win the division and they play in in the wild card round, they're going to lose. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't, and and I'm, I'm concerned about Daniel Jones. I mean, clearly he's not okay, and I don't think another seven days uh, is is gonna is gonna cut it. So you got Colt McCoy again. Five and nine? I mean, where are we going with that? All I want to say to finish this is the way the Giants got here in this four-game winning streak went all backwards and the reason why they lost on Sunday. Their offensive line was playing well, was gelling, was clicking. The running game was effective and impactful for our offense. And not many people had a reason. No no way. They couldn't stop us, it seemed like. Now everything just went back to phase one all over again. That's what just happened on Sunday. Here's the thing, we just got to go to reality, too, because all of us Giant fans, and we thought, oh, man, this this team could get really hot and really dangerous. Yeah, they could have. But we got to Well, they were. They I mean, were. they were hot. Everything we just saw for the past month went out the window on Sunday. Well, did it? I mean, look, if, if they potentially matched up well and had a chance against the Browns, you'd be like, oh, all right. And then maybe they well, yeah, match but- up with the Ravens. You're like, all right. I, I have no reason to think that the Browns won't blow the Giants off the football field. I still believe. The yeah, Giants I mean, yeah. I, 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 listen, where will Jones be in two weeks? Because you're being big trouble against the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, listen, you saw last night what those two teams are capable of. Are the Giants at that level? You have no, to not, even, not even. It would take the Giants two weeks to score forty-seven points, maybe three, probably three. 
In four weeks, Lawrence Stein's post in four weeks. Dude, those teams had nine rushing touchdowns yeah. last year. Again, it would take the Giants about four weeks to get nine rushing touchdowns, maybe weeks. six weeks. Joe, did you hear that? So yeah, Lawrence Stein said like they've scored a total of like 47 points in the past like three weeks. So Pathetic. And in a league that everyone scores points, they need to they need to go find out. One of their biggest things is going to find a number one receiver. That's well, definitely one of the musts. We had a really cool conversation before the show, and, and I think it bears uh, it, it bears uh, playing out here that we we broke it down. There's five rushing teams in the NFL. Yeah, that are run, they run first, but run first teams. Yeah, pass second. Correct. Yeah. Did I say that wrong? No, yeah, no. I think I'm right. You know what I mean. I know. It's a run, run first offense. Tennessee, Minnesota, uh, Cleveland, Oakland, and the Giants. Teams that want to run the ball first, pass second. Everyone else in the league, the 27 average team, like to pass first and then run second. And that's opposite of what's been going on for football in the last 50 years. But guess what? The game has changed, and we understand that. So, But the Giants can't do either, and they didn't do that this week. So, well, look, again, my, my whole point was look at those five football teams, the ones that have a dominant number one receiver, a big possession guy giving you six, eight, 10, 12 catches a week. Those, those teams can also run the ball. Look how much better the Titans are when A.J. Brown's on the field. Oh, he's a beast. Oh, I mean, he's out. When he's out and they put nine guys, 10 guys in the box, I mean, Derrick Henry's great, but I mean, even Derrick Henry. It's going to struggle to run through ten guys. I mean, I mean they got two tight ends that can stretch the field, and Rudolph and, and uh, Irvin, two receivers, and the two receivers, and Justin field. Jefferson, which they didn't need to, but they took in the first round, and he's been might win Rookie of the Year. And Adam Thielen, and then you got Dalvin Cook, who's one of the best backs. But we're not even talking about the run. I'm just adding the receivers. I mean, Oakland, we know they'll run first, and they don't have a legit number one receiver. They don't, and and the Giants don't have a number one receiver, but Cleveland does. They have Beckham, and they have Landry. So and and Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, got, sleeper. The, the thing is, they got big the physical young receiver from Michigan, and 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 we're seeing it because look at Baker Mayfield's numbers the last since week we'll, eleven. They have been top notch. We'll talk about the Giants and Browns game later on in the week. It's a huge game, and it's a still a game that's wide open for the NFC East because Washington plays Seattle, which is they that could be a tough game. So Giants play Browns tough. Philly plays. Oh, I forgot who Philly plays in Dallas. I don't even care about Dallas. Do you know who Lionel Manuel is? Why do I, that name sound familiar? I know who Lionel Richie is, but I don't know Lionel Manuel. Think 86 Giants. Oh. Yeah. He was yeah. there, like, again, I, I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I and I could have looked them up quick, but you'll if you look at the numbers up, you wouldn't be blown away by Lionel Manuel's numbers. Oh, he's Yep, between him and Mark Bavaro. Whenever the Giants needed to complete a pass, Thanks, done, done, and then they would just pound, continue to pound the football with with Joe Morris Joe, and Maurice Carson and Joe, play even, great defense. Joe, even when the Giants won the Super Bowls, the '91 one, they had Stephen Baker, Baker, the touchdown maker, the touchdown and Mark Ingram, senior. Okay, yeah, but Mark Ingram was a, a really solid possession and receiver. Stephen Baker, all he did was catch touchdowns. Two thousand seven, they had Plaxico Burris, a number Here's one. Darius Slayton. There's and, your Darius Slayton. And Amani Tumor. Then in 2012, Cruz. when they won the second one, they had Cruz and Mario Manningham. Okay? So they had legit number oh, one no, receivers. No, they had Akeem Nix. Oh, Akeem Nix was probably their number one. Cruz was their the big 86. Lionel Manuel, baby. Love it. <laughs> so, but yes, you need, you need, you need, we know this. You can run the ball all you want, but you need to be able to have a receiver that can get open. And on a third and five and say, I'm going to throw you the damn ball and you're going to catch it and we're going to move the sticks and we're going to run the ball again. And the Giants don't have that guy. So let's close out with the game that we talked about last week. It was the CMG's game of the week. And it lived up to it. But you're looking at two different sides, two different trajectories, it seems like. A couple weeks ago, we thought the Pittsburgh Steelers looking like they were going to run the table. But they've also been going, not you and me. I mean, I had them going. That was my bold prediction. I did say they were going to go undefeated, 16-0. I did say they were going to finish regular season 6-0. It was a bold prediction. Joe, it might be harder to go 16-0 than I was 16, I was wrong. <laughs> but you look at you look at this. Maybe. This is kind of the Jets. Sorry, Chuck. That's fine. So you see the Sunday night game, and you see the Pittsburgh Steelers the past two weeks, I should say. 
I'm sorry. It just continuously shows that if you're going to throw the ball 50 times with no running game, they're not going to be successful. And you saw Buffalo, even the Buffalo Bills, they don't have a great running game, but they have a quarterback in Josh Allen who's really starting to figure out his game. And that's a scary thing for the rest of the AFC, even Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, because Josh Allen is maybe other than Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, maybe the most talented quarterback in the NFL. He has all the tools. But then you look at Pittsburgh, and then you look at Pittsburgh. This team has just fallen backwards. They just fall flat on their backs. It's it's amazing how I know they've dealt with injuries, but if you can't run the football and you're gonna have a 37-year-old age quarterback and Big Ben who can't who can't move and throw the ball 50 times. You're not winning. Well, I don't, you're just not going to win. And it showed again. And everybody was right. Pittsburgh continuously shows why they might be the be one of the most overrated 11-2 teams in the history of the NFL. Because it's just – and that's what I said to you yesterday. The Pittsburgh Steelers better start figuring out a way to start scoping out for their future quarterback because – I didn't even have them. I'm so. I, I Rob, just Rob's, uh, Rob's a Steelers fan. Well, that's why, hey, that's why I took him. That's why it's called a bold prediction. They got to start figuring out a quarterback situation because they don't have one. And Big Ben is going to retire, whether you like it or not, Steeler fans. He's going to retire within the next year or two. And the reason they keep winning, which you're not going to get any good, maybe, uh, maybe you find some kind of gem. Uh, but you just look at the Bills. Did you, going, did you, you look at listen to his quote after look, the game? Did yeah, you listen to his quote? He is not playing good. Then I shouldn't be playing football. The retirement. So he's already talking about that. Here's the thing. But you look you at Buffalo throw, going this you way, and you see Pittsburgh going that. You can throw the ball 51 times if your receivers catch the ball. They are dropping the ball at an incredible rate. The week before against the Ravens, they had six drops. I don't even know how many they had this week. But watch. Every time you drop the ball, that stops a drive. It's it's literally kills every drive. You watch it multiple, multiple. And they have a drives. lot of drives, and, yeah. and that's a problem. Listen, you can throw the ball fifty times a game if your guys are catching the ball every time. They are not catching the ball. The injuries are starting to catch up. The, media, the, lack, yeah. the lack of the bye week hurts the Steelers. Listen, they have hit the wall. The Steelers have hit the wall. They they can't run the football. What built the Steelers team? And what I've always known the Steelers to be was run the ball first, power offense, play action pass with physical receivers, and play hard-nosed defense, and you're going to earn every single inch that you get. The Steelers are not that team. They've become a finesse-based team. They can't run the football. They had less than 50 yards rushing, I believe, in the game. James Conner does not look like the future of the running back. That's why I'm shocked that they didn't go after Le'Veon Bell when he was a free agent to try to bring him back and maybe spark the offense. A guy that can catch the ball in the backfield. can He's been there. He knows the offense. He knows what's going to go on. I mean, maybe they want to deal with the turmoil, but either way, would, you know that guy would have helped the team. Joe, okay? So you can't pass the ball because you can't complete passes. You don't protect your quarterback. You have an aging quarterback that can't mobile, and you have multiple injuries like you talked. Bush is a linebacker injury. You had uh, budget freeze. Well, budget free. Yeah. Now you have your back ends. No one can block TJ Watt. But guess what? If you if you can now focus on one guy instead of two or three, the only thing that's made Pittsburgh play as well as they have, they lead the league in turnovers. Joe, was this game more about the Buffalo Bills to you, or was it to or was it the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, first of all, I'm going to attack Rob, my co-host. On I'll piss you off shortly. First and foremost, listen. Well, you're going uh, to piss him off. Even one team in history, one team in history has gone undefeated. Yeah, Miami Dolphins. Five, five teams have gone winless in NFL history. Only two of them have ever gone 0-16. Again, just based on probability and the law of averages and the fact that these are all professional football teams, you're going to win a game or two and you're going to lose a game or two. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to, right, I think that's why we look at the losses. What was the loss like? That's why I don't uh, – 47, 47-43 loss by Cleveland. I don't think that's a good loss because, again, a four, Cleveland's not going to score 47 points against a good team. And they gave up 47 to a good team. So that's problematic going forward. I That's how I see it. For me, this game, I mean, the, the fact that the Bills still have a defense that can, can handle a guy like Allen, I think that's important. And I, and I think it means a lot for that team. Listen, th- th- for me, this was a proven game for me to the Bills. You know, everything I talk about with the Giants, like, okay, you got a big win. Can you do it again? And I, I don't expect you to win every week because the nature of the football team is teams lose games more than they win games. That's the nature. How do you come back from defeat? But for me, 
If you were like a betting man, you're like, Ted, who you like? Because me and Trevor both wrong, Joe. We both picked the Steelers. I thought Pittsburgh would come in more. Because you know in the back of your mind, you know what the Steelers are. You See, I told someone, it's like the Patriots. You have a certain expectation that you've built in your mind over the years of what these teams are and what you expect them. You think that the Bills are going to lose these type of games because that's what the Bills have done for the past 25 years. They haven't won a playoff game in 25 years. They hadn't won a Monday night football game since 1999 when, since they won last week. So when you're used to seeing that, right? Your expectation is, hey, listen, the Steelers win these big games. They come back from a loss, and they know how to defend their ground. Well, guess what? The Bills are a better team. They have the better quarterback. And as good as the Steelers' defense is, it couldn't overcome the lack of offense and how well Josh Allen can play. I mean, are Pittsburgh Steelers fans, honest to God, the biggest babies on on the planet? No, Listen, has anybody here suggested the Steelers can't win the Super Bowl? No, but, but they, were, they were, listen, listen, for the first 10 games, they look really good. Yeah, of course, because they were healthy and they were right. able, and they also were right. beating. So, right. So, but no, I, the question we're getting posed with is, is what, you know, the, the narrative. Well, the narrative was you had a really good football team on a great run, dealing with some injuries, dealing with some other issues. The whole idea is, can the team persevere? Because what's the postseason? That's where your back's against the wall. No, no room for error. One mistake, your season's over. So, no, nobody said that. Nobody said anything about the Steelers. It's okay. I've, I've always, I've been a bigger Listen, believer that probably these two are with the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. I, look, I know there's a few Steelers fans watching. Take a deep breath. Your your team's fine. They 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 look second easy schedule in the league. That's fine. I, I, I'm not worried about that. Again, it doesn't who you beat and how you beat them and by what score is completely irrelevant in sports. This, this idea that the quarterback's got to go for 350 or the running back's got to run for 120 doesn't matter. You, you have to win the game. Your team has to score more points than the other. If that means you kick nine field goals and score 27, great. Four touchdowns, 20, great. Here's gotta win the game. Here's my thing. I've been very high in the Pittsburgh Steelers throughout this entire season. More so and, than and more so than both of you. I knew mean, the Steelers were gonna lose this game because they just got punched in the face. It's hard to come back from a punch in the face. I still think they're gonna finish 14 and 2. I still think they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Here's my thing about I never thought they were gonna go undefeated because let's be honest, to go undefeated. To, to be the 72 Dolphins or to be the Patriots that got, oh, so close. You got to play right on all have three be, phases of the game. You have to be perfect. You have to be able to. Don't forget that, that that those Dolphins, they won with a backup quarterback. Yeah, Greasy got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, a backup quarterback. I mean, could, can you think of anything better than having a, a, a star quarterback get hurt on an undefeated team in the backup side? I got this. We got depth. We got coaching. We got a defense. We got special teams. That's how you're able to. The Giants, when they lost Saquon Barkley, easily could have just gone one in 15, and everybody would have been like, that's fine. We could be fine with that. Well, we'll go draft Trevor Lawrence and get this bum Jones out of town. Great. (laughs) But that's not how it works. And again, that's why I look at losses. A good loss, I don't think this is a bad loss for the Steelers. It's not it a bad loss. Sloppy. It was sloppy. And it's, look, this is not the recipe to win. This is not the recipe they need to win. But it is a telling loss because now we've seen two games in a row that they've where, been where they've been exposed and there's a and there's a week in the faucet. And here's the thing. They still have to but play. But that's to that Mike Tomlin's not aware of this. No, I know. Mike Tomlin's a good enough coach. And Ben Roth, Roethlisberger's a good enough quarterback. No, he can't fix, they, they needed to be exposed. But he can't fix he can't fix the drops because it's not something that that's a mental game within the, the receiver. Oh, you could fix drops. I know it's, you could. It's called laps. It's called suicides. You, you'll, you'll, you'll work that shit out. Joe, I know you will. You heard, Joe, if you heard his quote last week, he said, if we don't start catching, certain guys don't start catching the ball, they won't be on the field. That's exactly what he said last week, and they dropped more balls. So here's the other thing before you get into this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, what are we playing, Madden? I, well, I, well, nobody goes, my point is nobody goes 16-0. and 0. Here's the other thing. They're going to play the Colts, and they still have to play the Browns. And those are going to be very <laughs> telling games because those teams are going to be in the playoffs. 
Okay, so it's gonna be. Here's the thing, and I, was I don't think we're you, arguing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I think we're agreeing in a different way or something. We do, listen. We for, this is like a text message when you say like something, ha ha, and someone takes it the wrong way because it doesn't entail the voice and how it comes off. What I am gonna say to you is this, and I was gonna take it from Trev, but I'll let Trev finish the show. We see this every year in football, okay? We see a team 7-0, and 8-0, and 9-0, and and we're like, they're great, they're great, and we're all jumping on the bandwagon. And then they start to lose game with Walter. This is no different than the Patriots last year and other teams that we've seen where, like, hey, they're really good, they're 10-0. and And then we really find out that they lose in the first round of the playoffs. They're like, maybe they really weren't that good. And things that have made them so great have now hurt them injuries drops lack of running the football all that is going to play a factor because you can't miraculously make these guys healthier okay they haven't had a bye now they're not going to have the number one seed which means they're not going to have a first round bow bye it's not going to help the 37 year old quarterback you're not going to miraculously be able to learn how to run the football when you haven't been able to run the football all season what it's just a magically going to be open to holes like i'm just going to have my hey happen for the giants for a month so like <laughs> But it's listen. No, but the no, Giants no. had the ability and shown the ability to run. Steelers haven't been able to do it all season. That, is, big, true. that is true. And that Big Ben. Big Ben. It feels I like know. the Pittsburgh Steelers have been playing nonstop. I know. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? You deal James, with it. You play football. But and and James Conner hadn't been on a football field in three weeks. Yeah. Well, it didn't make a difference anyways because yeah. they are not even. Listen, they might not go. even be the best team in their division. Because I'll tell you what I saw last night. The Browns and the Ravens looked like better football teams on the football field than the Pittsburgh Steelers did. Plain and simple. We'll see them playing. And here's the thing. The Ravens, with their third-string quarterback and 19 players out against the Steelers, almost beat the Steelers. If you're the Steelers, right, Joe, and you got 11 starters and the other teams with their third-string backup and they got on their third-string running back and have the teams out, don't you think the Steelers should have kicked the rear end out of the Steel, uh, the Ravens the week before? Yeah. Yeah, they should have, and they didn't. So that's more telling to me that the Ravens were able to fight with all their backups in JV. It's like the JV team giving the number one varsity team a run for their money. Like, that shouldn't happen. Oh, yeah. he's uh, Connor is way overrated. He had, he had one really good season. And Wait, everybody all right. I mean, oh, no, we don't need to get into it. We know he's, he's an okay. I, I, I mean, so wait, Connor, Connor. So James Connor's no good. I, I, I mean, what I'm, and now I'm trying to follow your logic here. So what Connor's wasn't going to help or he was going to help. I tried to give you the excuse. If he hadn't been on a field in three weeks, Joe, you can save him for 10 we'll pathetic carries. Save him for your show. We'll save him for, yeah, we'll save him for Fisher off shortly. There's your segment right this there. This is for everybody, my friends. This is serious. Look again, why, why would the Steelers think they were going to win a football game? Handing the ball to James Connor 10 times. Yeah, well, it, it's just like the, the Saints thinking they're going to win a football game if they give Alvin Kamara the ball five times. Yeah. That's silly. Joe, Joe, I saw that stat. We won't get into it, but I saw that stat. How many catches lack of Kamara had since Taysom Hill as a quarterback? And, Joe, I'm surprised you didn't bash Trevor because this is the same guy who said he had more faith in Taysom Hill in the playoffs with the Saints than Drew Brees. Drew Brees and the Saints win that game if he's the quarterback against the Eagles. I, I don't have to bring it up. I'm, I'm sure Trevor hasn't slept since that happened knowing <laughs> – that, that I know that he said that, and then I Joe, just haven't brought it up yet. So you have been winning bets against us, against Trev. You have been correct on statements with saying that how could you even – He's been see- winning since November 3rd. Count the vote. Stop the count. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, Joseph, as always. Thanks, big guy. Hey, be, also, be, be safe, Joseph, with this incoming snowstorm and the rest of all of our followers and supporters. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City, so subscribe, comment, or like. Like I said, everybody stay safe. We're finally getting some inclement freaking weather in Connecticut. Let, let, us know, let, let us know. know let, let us know. Let us know. Here we go. Well, let's get prepared. Get your milk and bread because everybody freaks out when you don't have those. But, yes, yeah, so we will be back later in the week talking an NFL weekend and, and maybe a teaser, conference championship preview. I haven't talked college football, but I think it's starting the time that we uh, – get into the gist of college football and we start talking about it. So we will be back. We're going to, you're damn right. Got to get the bread and milk. We are going to get buried. So ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting.
cruise control city state the nation so what you saying what we saying prime information facts keys to the city we're locking the statements streaming every friday